opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. Your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she privately mediates business, employment, divorce, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Marie's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI. She also trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about this show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Samari, who's your guest today? Well, we have two guests with us, and it's going to be a very interesting show. Um, We have Casey and Brad, who are coming to us um, from uh, the mountains. And it's Casey and Brad Wallace. And this is an interesting show because we are talking about what you can do in terms of speaking with people or angels or masters on the other side. And we've heard about this before through other people who've had near-death experiences. And Brad, who we're going to be speaking with, Brad Wallace, was visited by a higher light teaching group um, after his near-death experience or during his near-death experience. So Casey and Brad are conduits for an advanced intelligence named Julius who offers messages of empowerment for an enlightened humanity. And they're coming to us um, from beautiful mountains in Utah. We love that, southern Utah. And so they can. I'm going to ask them about their backgrounds, and we'll find out more about them. So thank you so much, Casey and Brad, for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having us on your show, Mari. Yeah, Yeah, we're absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So how is it? uh, Tell us a little bit about that near-death experience, Brad. Okay. Uh, In 2007, I was actually in a car accident, and the prescription medication that they gave me a year into my recovery, I overdosed and... Uh, left this plane of existence uh, for approximately eight hours. And while I was gone, I was watching what was going on here and the people that were working on me. And I was also being instructed and taught to by a highlight group of energy, which is known as Julius. Um, and they explained what was going on. And, of course, I was asked if I wanted to come back, and I agreed to come back if they would come with me, because there was no way that anybody was ever going to believe what I had just experienced. And so when I woke up in the hospital, uh, Casey was standing there, and she immediately started talking to me through Julius, and they were telling me 
just what I had just experienced and why I had experienced it and that um, this is what we would be doing for the rest of our lives while we're here. So when you woke up and you told Casey about this, she understood right away? She was actually, she didn't think you were crazy or anything like that? She, she got it right away? Actually, he didn't say anything to me. As he grew, as he woke up, I was just channeling Julia. So it was uh, he was actually met by Julius as he woke up, and this phenomenon was not extremely exclusive away from my experience. I had done a little bit of it uh, previously, but this phenomenon took off like rocket fuel. And, of course, this was all in the plan of assuredness for Brad, that he hadn't just been dreaming and this wasn't just a byproduct of uh, medication or his injury or things like that. So it was uh, very, very substantial, life-changing, and very, very blatant, something that couldn't be cast off or ignored. It was quite extraordinary. So what happened with the doctors? First of all, that you you had really passed to the other side for eight hours, or you were were you really legally dead for those eight hours, or were you just kind of what, what was it? Well, Brad actually had overdosed, and so what they uh, what they were predicting was that he was not going to wake up. So the doctors came out and spoke with me and my children and said that they didn't think he was going to revive. Uh, he was on, you know, uh, breathing machines at that time, and he still had a heart rate, but they weren't really expecting a, a recovery. They told us that we were able to, going to be able to go in and see him and, and spend a little bit of time with him. So myself and my children went in to the NICU unit and spent some time with him, and about only about four hours later, or excuse me, about eight hours later, of course, he, he woke up. And the way he woke up was really phenomenal. I mean, he just really woke up. It wasn't, it wasn't like he gradually came out of it or he was very dopey or drugged. He just sat up. Wow. And, you know, the doctor <laughs> said he kind of started laughing. The doctor didn't quite know what to do. The doctor walked out of the room once I started talking wow. and didn't come back until I was done. It was very strange. So, did the what did the doctors think? First of all, they thought it was a miracle, right, Brad? You know, they don't say that. Oh, but go ahead. I mean, I just meant like, didn't they think it was a miracle that you woke up? Yeah. Well, the ironic part was this doctor was a good friend of mine. Actually, oh, uh huh. And he's never talked to me since. Really? Because of, because of what took place. I mean, he literally did not think that I was going to wake up, and here I shoot up out of bed and immediately start having a conversation with Casey, and it rattled him. He's never talked to me about the whole thing ever again. You would think that he would be thrilled that this miracle happened under his watch. Well, (laughs) you got to remember, this is Utah, and... (laughs) A lot of people that live in Utah are extremely closed-minded, and so uh, they released me from the hospital. They let me go. Wow. And, and we have been doing this ever since. Now, have you ever tried to contact the doctor to talk to him about it? I've seen him a couple times when I've been in town, and it's almost like he just he doesn't want to be even around me. Interesting. You know, um, I had I read a book called Proof of Heaven, and it's by um, a neurosurgeon, uh, even Alexander, who also died 
I mean, he actually did die and then came uh-huh. back. And I don't know if you've ever read his book, but he had the experience of going to heaven and then coming back. And he is going around to medical schools and speaking at medical conferences because he was one of these people that never believed that there was anything after after this existence. And um, he now is quite spiritual, and he literally is teaching at different medical schools about this experience of that beyond beyond the body there is life right uh, in other words so in other words he has become very open-minded in the in what has become his human experience yes because he lived it he lived it and he died through it and came back so um yeah you may uh get a kick out of um maybe reading his book and seeing how it relates to what you've experienced brad you know, and what what has gone on, and he's he's had some. We've had other people on the show who have had near death experiences and ex, you know similar experiences. So so let me ask you something, um, Casey. You said that prior to this, you have had some channeling experience. Tell us about that. Well, sure. All everybody has different psychic uh, experiences in their life, some more than others, and so this was just a part of my life from the time that I was a child, different phenomenons from seeing people in the room to talking to people, um, some psychic intuitiveness and and things of that nature. So um, people ask me how that occurs, and I tell people that it's an allowance. It's a permission. It was nothing that I ever denied. It was nothing that I was ever told was wrong or wasn't real. And so it's just something that readily comes through, I think mostly because I have an energy of permission, and uh, it's it's nothing really that is elusive to everybody. We tell everybody that inspirational thoughts are a type of channeling. Artists do it all the time. Musicians do it all the time. Uh, scientists do it all the time. Teachers of any kind. It's just where that information comes through you, and you're not quite sure where that comes from. Right, right. So, Brad, before this happened to you, before you had this near-death experience, what did you think about this with Casey? Had you ever had that experience, any kind of experience like that before? And what were your thoughts when Casey would tell you things like this? Well, that I was not, we were not actually married at the time, and that's a whole other story in itself. Mm. And we don't have enough time to even go into that discussion. I was actually a contract, and Casey's daughter was my secretary. Oh. And that's how they ended up at the hospital, was because she, his, her daughter was my personal secretary, and she had been contacted by the hospital. Oh. I was in the car accident, and they didn't know who to contact. Wow. So Julius brought you together. Yes. <laughs> that's cute. A little matchmaker. Hey. I mean, that's another side job for Julius. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. So let's talk a little bit about Julius. Who wants to tell me? Okay, go ahead. What would you like to know? Well, who is Julius? So as human beings work their way through consciousness as human beings, low consciousness and high consciousness, they get to the point where they choose not to return to this realm. They master the components of the physical realm. So Julius is an embodiment of energy that mastered the human realm at different points 
of time, mm. uh, different historical times, different lifetimes, and mastered consciousness. Know how this realm works, how to configure your world, how to relate to everything, how to create everything and heal everything in your life. And they ascend themselves up back to what you just spoke of earlier, a light configuration. So that's the energy source that Julius is. And through an extraordinary event, we have open communication with them. Wonderful. So, you know, it reminds me of when I started reading your books, and I, I want to mention the names of your books. You've got um, Far-Reaching Parameters, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the subtitle is Why We Why we Build Parameters Inside. And then there's two other short books called What If, and this is uh, Thought-Provoking Questions, and What If with Thought-Provoking Questions number two. And um, I, 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 it reminded me kind of like The Course in Miracles. Are you familiar with The Course in Miracles? Yes. Where, you know, that was also channeled. So, right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not an elusive phenomenon. It's right. not. I mean, people who try to be afraid of it or try not to understand it, it's been around for a long time. We're going to stay, take you one step further back to a gentleman named Edgar Casey, Right. Who was from Virginia. Quite, yeah quite uh, an extraordinary channel, and even scientists uh, will take his theories uh, to, to heart. Uh, Nikolai Tesla was, right. a, was a channel. Einstein was a channel. Mm. So it just depends on your vantage point and, and your ability to accept things and, and utilize them for yourself. Right. And I think they use different words, like channeling uh, may be a foreign word for people. Like Einstein didn't think of himself as channeling. He thought of his, himself as going into some meditative state, right? Right. right. And so... Right. It's, uh, a, it's a transcendental state, and, and when Julius comes through, it's, it's the same thing for me. Yeah. Um, but it's like I said, it, it's not really anything that's scary. It, it's very clear and concise. Yes. And it's very, very empowering. Yes. So when you were talking about Julius, I was thinking about Groundhog Day, you know, <laughs> the movie, how he had to keep coming back until he got it right, you know, and uh, I keep thinking like, oh, how many times am I going to have to come back before I get to that, that light being state? <laughs> right, right. You know, the great news about that, Mari, is you can do it in a moment. You can do it by shifting your thought, by right. moving yourself into acceptance and dropping judgment of all aspects of thought. Consciousness is thought. Low consciousness is low-frequency, fear-based thought, which is the way that you create your world and your life experience through, versus love, open-minded, possibility, infinite unknown type of thinking, which is a high version of conscious thought. And that is the aspect it gets you released from the binding effects of the physical. Right. So before you started channeling or, or communicating or, or getting that essence of um, connection with Julius, were either of you writers? No, absolutely not. In fact, here, here's the ironic part. You know, me being a contractor, and I was embedded in a religion at the time, and I would never in my life would have even given you five seconds of your time if you told me that this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> so far, contra a total change, a total change of my whole life, my whole thought process. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 
it, it's it's not it's crazy, but it's been an absolutely fabulous and wonderful experience. Yeah. You know, when I talk with even Alexander, <clears throat> the same thing he said, he said, you know, when uh, before that happened to me, I never I would have said you're crazy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it, it's helpful when you've got someone who already <clears throat> has, um, you know, been a non-believer or, or been kind of uh you know, poo-pooing something like that to then change, that really is a big transformation. Right. You know, the the one advantage that I had, and that's part of the reason why I started writing, um, was my doctor, I had, because of my car accident and because of my brain injury that I had, I was literally learning how to read and write again in my life and how to talk. Right. And, and so part of my therapy was learning how to use a computer. And so my doctor, who was extremely open-minded, um, told me just start writing and let's see what happens and what comes through. And when I started presenting him with some of the articles that I was writing, he was in shock. Hmm. Uh, He just, he was astounded. Where was this information coming from? How were you getting this information? Because I know this is not who you were prior uh, from everything that, you know, was in my history. Now, let me ask you something, Brad. Is this the same doctor that that won't talk to you now? Oh, this is another doctor who is... This is a totally different neuropsychologist. Right. Um. And it and him and I had some of the most astounding discussions and conversations. Um, and he kept pushing me and kept pushing me and told me to write more, write more. And that's actually how the What If books came about, was because he kept pushing me into asking those questions. And more than that, I was getting answers, and he would look at what I w- had written and he would say, this is absolutely amazing. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I said, you're crazy. <laughs> you're the one who's crazy because I there's no way in the world anybody would ever believe any of this. And uh, lo and behold, this is what happened. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think society is now shifting as well. There is a... a a group of people and it's growing who are open to this kind of thing you know we see the long island medium on television i love that show (laughs) we see more about um you know shows like ancient aliens on the history channel i think people are starting to recognize that there is more than just the material world that we're existing in here on this lower plane Right. And, you know, spirituality takes you to what's going on now. Science is late. Right. Science always requires study and investigation and comparisons. And by the time that science comes out with their so-called fact, the occurrence is long past. Spirituality encourages your feelings to come into play. What you feel is a truth. What you know as an existence. 
and then watching that play itself out, which leads you towards your expansion. And humans don't want to wait around anymore. I mean, let's face it. Society is very impatient. They want instant gratification. So spirituality, unlike religion, encourages you to access yourself in every moment of the now. Yes. Continue and advance your experience from there. Yes. I love it that you're talking about this because my my mantra for this year is mindfulness. And I just taught a class on mindfulness at uh, for lawyers. And uh, so I that's living in the now, being mindful of every moment, moment by moment of what's happening, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, being the observer and the observee. So, yeah, fascinating. And it's not just recognizing that, Master, it's conjuring the experience for yourself. So that is what we call being the creator of your experience versus the reactor of your experience. And it's very, very empowering. It's extraordinarily intentional. And it's life-changing. Yes. You know, that's like the writings of Ernest Holmes. He said, change your thinking, change your life. And um, so he was, you know, he's science of mind, which uh, I actually go to a science of mind church. So I get it. (laughs) I get it. I'm right there with you. So let me ask you something. How is it that um, Julius communicates with you both? How does that happen? Well, you're experiencing that right now, Master, as we communicate and touch you and embed ourselves with you through your thought process, for as this communication comes to an end verbally, your reminding will bring it back to you in a reoccurrence, which aids you in knowing your own self and recognizing the potential of yourself as the all as well. So are you saying that you're one with Julius, that as you're thinking and as you're experiencing, Julius is with you and connected with you? Yes, you know, Master, you are also connected. So all comes from thought. All comes from the potential and the miraculous occurrence of the launching of thought. We refer to that as the pool of thought. And as a physical embodiment, your energy bandwidth connect with the energy of the all. So there is that oneness. Yes. There is that oneness. So let's talk a little bit about this book, Far-Reaching Parameters, Why We Build Perimeters Inside. Who wants to tell me about how this book came about? Well, actually what happened was there was an event that was going on in my life that was uh, happening, um, and I was going to lose my home, mm-hmm. and I was very concerned about uh, that. And I approached Julius, and they basically instructed me through this great dialogue of how to change my thought process and how to keep my home. And in the process of doing all of that, they instructed me through the dialogue that's written in the book that this is how everybody creates everything in their life. What's the fir- uh, so what's the first thing that you do when you buy a home, for instance, in a neighborhood, in a community? Uh, you build a fence around your property to keep everybody out. Well, what you've just done is you've put up a perimeter mm. around your parameter, and you don't look beyond that fence very much anymore, and you certainly don't want anybody coming over your fence or through your fence because that's your property. And so it's just a natural byproduct of the human existence for us to 
build fences around ourselves and everything that we do, and we isolate ourselves away from everybody because we want to distance ourselves from everybody else who's out there. Because we have that perception that we're separate. That's exactly right. And so what this book actually does is it explains to you that we aren't separate. And I walk you through certain dialogues and and use my own personal experience, which was the experience of keeping my home. And I walked walk through that, through this book, and explained everything that I was going through and what was happening. And that's basically what this book is all about. So... Let me ask you something. So when you, you know, when I asked you before, uh, Casey, about, you know, how do you communicate with Julius, for Brad, and and I, I have this perception, Casey, that since you, since you were a little girl, you were in tuned with getting in touch with spirit guides or whatever. Brad wasn't. So, Brad, when you communicate, I mean, do you just sit down and meditate and ask a question? Is that what you do? Do you get into a meditative state? How, how do you get to the point where you start to communicate? I pose a question, and if Casey's actually in the room, Julius will answer those questions for me. But if, if Julius isn't here, or if if Casey is someplace else, I actually hear the conversation going along Mm. inside my brain. I actually hear the whole conversation that she's giving to somebody else. So we're both experiencing the same thing at times. Wow, talk about psychic kinetic uh, connection. Yes, Yes. Yes. and see, that's the ability of people. It's really not that odd of a phenomenon, because how many times... I'm sure that your listeners have even done this. How many times have you been in a conversation talking about somebody, and lo and behold, the phone rings? Right, right, right. See, that's you both the way have, it works. Yeah, or you both have the same thought at the same time, or you say exactly. something at the same time. There is that connection, right. Right. So, you know, since this show is about uh, conflict resolution and conflict healing, uh, we don't have a ton of time, but I want to get to this. Um, what would Julius say, or what is Julius' perspective on conflict and what's going on? Casey? Well, the conflict is what keeps you here on this realm, Master. The conflict is the conflict between your soul and the altered ego state. Some would refer to this as the Christ and the Antichrist in continual conflict. That is resistance, and that is judgment. And that is what keeps you bound in limitation and to the physical realm. Once you learn how to listen to your soul and see all things through all aspect possibilities, you are set free. Then you no longer have to go through the amnesic state as you reincarnate yourself and you can expand beyond all of your previous limited states. Right. So so when we judge others, when we accuse others, when we blame others, when we impose guilt on others, we are staying in that conflict state, in that lower level of thinking, right? Master, you're doing that to yourself. That Mm -hmm. is what's going on. We don't even speak just simply about judging others. It all begins with judging thought, thinking your thoughts are right and all others are wrong. Right. Okay. So, So in terms of getting it, we just have to be that and put our energy out there. If we're not, if we're working on changing from 
judgment changing from all those negative emotions, then that affects the others around us since we're all one. Is that right? You know, Master, on our website, expandwithjulius.com, we take you through courses and classes to lead you to all of this inward knowing. Compassion comes from understanding, Master. It comes from the understanding that all perspectives are. It is not the same as sympathy. Sympathy is a judgment. Right. You feel sorry for something that is occurring because you don't understand it. But getting all humans to the aspect of compassion, that's where all resolution and all healing is. I love it. Well, it is time to go. Would you believe that this was so quick? So would you just, um, we we were talking about these books, Far-Reaching Parameters by Kelsey Brad, and What If? Thought-Provoking Questions by also by Kelsey, Casey Brad, and just give your website and it's time to go. Brad or Casey? <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Again, if you'd like to visit the website, we invite everybody to come and experience a broader aspect of themselves. And what's, what's the website? Expand with Julius. Okay, expandwithjulius.com. Thank you both, and we'll talk to you again soon. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict, and join us every Monday morning at KUCI at 8.30 a.m., and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.